Yes, it is a new year, and happy new year to you. I'm glad that we can be together, and I want you to think about that with me today. The idea of going forward, and the idea of starting a new year on the Lord's Day. Now, my family and I, we have uh, some traditions that typically we do on New Year's Eve. And this year, uh, being a New Year's Eve was on Saturday, we decided that we would back it up, and our New Year's Eve would be Friday. And so we did our traditional New Year's Eve things, and we stayed up until midnight on Friday night, because Saturdays, traditionally, we like to be in bed earlier on Saturdays. We try not to schedule a lot of things on Saturday nights. We try to stay in. We try to get to bed on time, because we want to be ready for the Lord's Day. Well, I don't know how it was around your house last night, but we were in bed before midnight last night, but I was awake. I was awake when the new year came in. My neighbors made sure that I was awake when the new year came in. There were so many fireworks last night. I don't, uh, I don't remember that many uh, on a New Year's before, but they were everywhere in our neighborhood last night. And so I was awake at midnight. I don't know if you were, but uh, I didn't plan to be, but I was. But I think about that, and I think about the fact that here we are on the Lord's Day, and we get to start a new year on the first day of the week. We get to start a new year on the Lord's Day. And I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel that we should start every year on the Lord's Day. This is exciting. I think this is so great. I see so many smiles this morning. Everybody seems to be in a good mood. We're in a a new year. It's barely started. And we get to be together today. I think it's fantastic. I'm so excited that we get to start a new year on the Lord's Day. This isn't all original with me, but I want you to think with me as we start today about the benefits, the benefits of starting a new year on the Lord's Day. What does that mean? What do we get to do? Well, we do this every Lord's Day, and I don't, I'm not saying that this is, uh, should be much different than any other Lord's Day, but think about the benefits of starting a new year on the Lord's Day. Number one, we get to worship God the first day of a new year. We get to start a new year worshiping God together. I think that's fantastic. I wish we could start every year on the Lord's Day. We could start every year by worshiping God. We're fresh. It is just a few hours in, and here we are getting to worship God. Jesus reminded that woman in Samaria in John chapter 4 that God is seeking true worshipers. The hour is coming and now is God is seeking true worshipers. Those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Here we are. We're beginning a new year and we're together and we get to worship God in a way that honors Him and pleases Him. I can't help but think about the picture that's going on, the scene that lays out, even as it is this hour in heaven, in Revelation chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. Open your Bibles and think about it with me. Because the Bible tells us that God is worthy. He alone is worthy of our worship. This is what's happening in heaven. This is what John saw. This is what he wrote down for us to know. In Revelation chapter 4, in verse number 9, He says, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, and the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever, and they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, 
O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for You created all things, and by Your will they exist and were created. We are here today as it is to bow before the throne of God, to worship Him who alone is worthy of glory and honor and power. We are here today to be reminded that He is the Creator, that God spoke and all that we have came into existence and we are but the created. The created are here today to worship the Creator. The one who spoke this world into existence, the one whose will is that this continues to exist, and it's His will when it's over. And today, you and I, we have no power over that. And you and I know that we have no power over that. And so we fall before the feet of the one who does. We're here today to worship God. And we get to start a new year worshiping God. We're here today to be reminded of the sacrifice of Jesus. We get to start a new year by thinking about Jesus and the sacrifice that He made for our sin. Our brother Bryce has done a wonderful job in reminding us and helping to prepare our minds to partake of the Lord's Supper where we think about and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf, where we are reminded of the awfulness of sin and the price that was paid so that you and I can live. What a great thing to start a year thinking about Jesus and the sacrifice that He made for us. That's what we find happening in the early church in Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. They assembled on the first day of the week in order to break bread. They assembled on the first day of the week in order to remember the sacrifice, the price that was paid for salvation. You and I had that privilege today of thinking about the sacrifice of our Lord, being reminded of the price that was paid so that we can be saved. Paul, in writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, look, I've delivered to you what was given to me. That Jesus, on the same night in which He was betrayed, He took bread and He broke it. He gave thanks and He told them to remember Him as they were partaking. And then after supper, He took the cup and He said, drink from it. And as you do, remember Me. We get to start a new year remembering Jesus and the sacrifice that was paid, that was made for our sin, that our, our place was taken so that we can be saved. I can't think of a better way to start a new year. I can't think of a better way to start a new year than to remember that Jesus came out of the tomb. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 26, Paul says that as often as we partake of the Lord's Supper, as often as we eat that bread and we drink that cup, as often as we do that, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until He comes. And so you put that together and what do you have? You have the fact that Jesus offered Himself, that He was sacrificed for our sins, but He didn't stay in the tomb. He's coming back. And so as we partake of the Lord's Supper, we are reminded that, yes, up from the grave He arose. We're reminded of the the resurrection of Jesus and the fact that He didn't stay in that tomb, but He came out of that tomb. And because He came out of that tomb, you and I have hope of coming, overcoming death ourselves, right? You think about it. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 that what we have is a living hope. A living hope because Jesus overcame death. I love the way that Jesus describes Himself in Revelation chapter 1. 
verses 17 and 18, don't you? I love the way that he talks about himself when he begins by talking about his eternal nature. He's not a man. He's not physical. He's not flesh. But he's, he's deity. He is God. And he says, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. Verse 17. I am eternal. I am deity. I am God. Then he says in verse 18. I am he who lives, was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Talks about himself. Describes himself as deity. The one who lives. I'm the one who's always existed. And I came and died. But behold, I am alive forevermore. Came out of the tomb. And my friend, because he came out of the tomb, I have hope of coming out of the tomb too. That means that on the first day of the week, as we begin a brand new year afresh, that means we get to assemble and we get to think about the fact that we are worshiping God. We're falling at His feet. We are thinking about Jesus and the sacrifice and the price that was paid for our sin. And we get to think about and contemplate the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, that He overcame death, and He gives us a living hope of one day doing the same. I am so glad we get to start a new year on the first day of the week. This is what we've come to do today. This is the privilege that we have before us. Now, I want you not to get ahead of me, and I want you to think about what I'm going to say, and I'm going to do my best to word it in a way that makes sense to you, and it doesn't go beyond where we should go. But this is what I want you to think about. We get to worship God together. We get to think about the price that was paid for our salvation, the sacrifice of Jesus. We get to think about the fact that Jesus overcame death, that He rose out of, the, out of the tomb, that He came out, and we get to do it with the best people that there is. God's people. I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else out there. I'm not making the claim that I'm better than you. I'm not making a claim that I am more special to God as it was than anybody else out there. But what I am saying is that you and I, as Christians, are in the family of God. That God's people are the best people. I love God's people. I love the church. I love that there are people out there who are striving to be like Jesus who love the Lord and who want to go and be with the Lord. These are the best people. And we get to be together today. I love to assemble with God's people to worship Him. I love you. And I love the fact that we can be together today. I don't understand people who don't want to be with God's people. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand people who only want to be here for a short amount of time and then want to leave. I don't understand people who only come for one, one hour a week. I don't get it. God's people are the best people. God's people are my best friends. God's people are the best people because they love God and they want to go to be with Him. And that's not to say that we don't need to be about evangelizing. That's our mission. That's what we're about. I want more people to come in and be a part of God's family, don't you? I want them to know about the sacrifice of Jesus. I want them to know about the price that was paid for their sin. I want them to have a living hope. God's people are the best. 
the best. The Bible tells us that we actually should give preference to those who are striving to be like Jesus. I think about it in, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Again, I'm not wanting to take this too far. And, and I'm not saying that, again, that I, I'm any uh, better as it were or that God values me more, as my soul more than anyone else's. That's certainly not true. I'm not saying that, that I am less in need of the sacrifice of Jesus than you are or anybody else. What I am saying that as God's people, those who love God and we're trying to be like the Lord, God says, you're my people. I want to love God's people. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, Paul says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, he says, giving preference to one another. Who's the one another? The one another there is your brethren, God's people. Give preference to one another. Look out for one another. Understand that you as one another are in the family of God. Look out for each other, he says. Give preference to one another. You remember the familiar words of Paul in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to who? To all men, but especially those who are of the household of faith. Listen, do good to everybody. Go out there and evangelize. Bring everybody in. Do your best to show Jesus to everybody. But do good especially to those who are of the household of faith. You see, there's a preference there to God's people, to those who love the Lord, those who are striving to show the Lord to the world, those who have the message of salvation and are trying to take it to the world and are trying to live by it. I love the church of Christ. I love God's people. I love that we can be together today. I want to start the new year with you. I love that we can be here to worship together. Paul, uh, the writer of Hebrews would say, listen, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is, as is the manner of some, but be there to admonish, to encourage, to build up. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Love being with God's people. Don't be ashamed of it or embarrassed by it. I love God's people. I'm so glad that we can be together today. I can't think of a better way to start a new year than to start it with God's people. Worshiping God together. Thinking about Jesus and the price that was paid for our salvation. Thinking about the fact that He overcame the tomb. Being together and being able to do all of this. And being able to study together from His Word. That's how we get to begin the year together. We get to begin the year together in worshiping God and thinking of Jesus. And we get to do it together. And we get to open up His Word. And we get to study together from the Word of God. Can you think of a better way to start a new year? This is the best. <laughs> I am just so happy that we get to start the new year this way. It really tickles me. I am so glad that we can do this and we can do it together. You think about the Word of God. Psalm 1, you're reminded of what the psalmist has to say. Is the book of Psalms begins with a thought concerning the Word of God. The Word of God is going to continue and continue and continue to come up all the way through the, the book of Psalms. But what you see in the very first psalm is the, the attitude that we need to have concerning the Word of God and the benefits of it. 
Chapter 1 and verse 1, the first psalm, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, catch it, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree that is planted by the waters, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, it shall prosper. I love the Word of God and the fact that we can open up and study from it today. I want to delight in the Word of God. I want to meditate in the Word of God. What's the Word of God do? It allows me to be like that tree that is planted by the rivers of water. It allows me to be stable. It allows me to flourish. It allows me to have a place where I can benefit from it and I can grow and be nourished by it. And then I can provide benefit to other people. I want to delight in the law of the Lord. I want to meditate in it day and night. I don't know about you, but when you think about starting a new year, as a Christian, every year, I say to myself, Adam, you've got to get into the Word more. This has to be the year that you get into it. I want it to be like Job said. If you think about it and what Job had to say over in Job 23 and verse 12, Job says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. New Year's resolutions. Oftentimes, what do they concern? Oftentimes, when I think about New Year's resolutions, I've reached this age, and maybe you have too, where, where I get to thinking about eating less and exercising more. I get to thinking about this physical figure and thinking, Adam, boy, this isn't good. You know, something's going to have to change here. Uh, you're, you're getting to an age where it's getting more and more difficult to get the pounds off, and they need to come off, and so eat less, exercise more. And so you write these resolutions and you give that some thought. Job says, I have treasured the words of God more than my necessary food. I suppose that if Job were to write New Year's resolutions, he would say, I'm going to treasure the spiritual more than the physical. If I'm going to write out a list... It's going to be longer on the spiritual side than on the physical side. I've treasured the Word of God more than necessary food. You think about whether you write yours down or not, or maybe you thought about it, and maybe you haven't. I don't know. But as you think about it, I just wonder what's going to take precedence this year in your life. Now, I just want you to know that on those tables in the back, I don't know if this has any appeal to you at all, but maybe it does. But on those tables in the back today, there are some daily Bible reading charts. And there are three different options sitting on those tables. And you can take one of each. I don't care. There's enough for every person who's sitting here this morning. And maybe that's something that you think might help you. Maybe it won't, but maybe it will. And you say, I do. I want to make it a goal. I want to read the Word of God every single day in the coming year. I want to read the entire Bible. I've done it before, I want to do it again. Maybe I've never done it, and I want to do it. And maybe that will be a tool that can assist you. Take it. Take as many as you need. I want to treasure the Word of God this year. I want to treasure it. I want to meditate in it. 
I want to take a verse every day and I just want to put it up here and chew on it. I just want to think about it. I want to think about God and what it has to say about Him. I want it to think about my relationship with Him. I want to think about, as I meditate and chew on that verse, I want to think about how I can live that verse in my life. I want to treasure the Word of God this year. Yeah, you see how we get to start the year? Isn't this exciting? You know the benefits of the Word of God. It allows us to be stable in all of this topsy-turvy world. It allows us to flourish and grow. It allows us to be a benefit to the lives of others. These are the words that make us wise to salvation. These are the words of God that allow us to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want to love the Word of God more. I want to love it more. I just can't think of a better way to start a new year. (laughs) I just can't think of a better way to start a new year than to worship God together, than to think about Jesus and His sacrifice, than to think about the fact that He raised from the tomb, allowing us to have hope. I can't think of a better way to start a new year than to start it with God's people, the best people there are. I can't think of a better way to start a new year than to study the Word of God together, to open up and to look at God and how He communicates with us and what He needs us to know. What direction are you going to go this year? I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. Brian read for us uh, from the book of Exodus, and I want to turn over now to chapter 14. And before we close this morning, and I'm almost done now, before we close, I just want you to think about and ask yourself, what direction am I going to go this year? What direction am I going to go? Exodus chapter 14 is familiar, no doubt, to nearly everybody who's sitting here this morning. You know the events that have transpired. You know that for over 400 years, the people of God have been held slaves in Egypt. And you know that God has sent Moses and Aaron as deliverers to bring God's people out of that captivity. You know that God has demonstrated power through the plagues, and one by one He has marked off and overcome and shown Himself to be the Almighty over all of the Egyptian so-called gods. He has shown Himself and His power alone as the Almighty, the true and powerful God, the only God. And He's brought His people out. The Exodus takes place there in chapter 12. And you get to chapter 14, and what you have is a million people or so trapped. Trapped. And you understand they're trapped between water, the water of the Red Sea, and the Egyptian army in hot pursuit. So many chariots, so many fighting soldiers, so many weapons, so many people ready to destroy them and bring them back into captivity. And so you have the people of God and they're trapped. And they feel trapped. And you can just feel the emotion that they're feeling. You can be right there with them and you can put yourself in those shoes and it's not hard to do. You can see the army coming behind you and you've got the Red Sea in front of you. What are we going to do? Moses, why would you bring us here? What are we doing? We're trapped. They're coming. They're going to get us. You should have just left us. You ever felt trapped? 
You ever felt you didn't know where, which way to go? You, you feel like the, the, the walls are just kind of closing you in? That life is throwing so much at you that you just feel everything is just tightening around you. And you feel this trap. That's how God's people felt. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 14, Moses says to the people in verse 13, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses in verse 15, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Tell the people to go forward. What direction will you go in the coming year? It is fresh. It is new. It is exciting. What direction will you go? I'm suggesting forward. Forward is the direction that we all need to go. I am not here this morning to say to you that what you are going through doesn't matter or isn't hard. Some of you looking at me this morning are in tremendously great pain through loss of loved ones. Some of you staring at me this morning are going through tremendous heartache through health of yourself or of a loved one. You're going through treatments. You've got loved ones going through treatments. You've got children who are ill. You've got loved ones who are not doing well. You have jobs that you don't know what's coming next. You've got uh, things in your life that are affecting you. I am not minimizing that at all. You feel trapped? What direction should you go? I love the fact that Moses says, you just stand still a minute. You just stand still a minute. And you just understand that God is going to handle it. That He's going to fight for you. That he has this under control. That he is looking down from above and he knows the situation. He knows where you find yourself. He knows that you're feeling trapped. He knows that you've got water in front of you and an army in hot pursuit to bring you back. He knows what you're going through. He knows where you are. Stand still and think about God and His knowledge of you and your situation. But don't stand there too long. Armed with that information, armed with that knowledge, tell the people, to go forward. Don't look back. Tell Lot and his family, don't look back. There's destruction back there. 
I'm wiping out the wicked back there. Don't look back. Go forward. Tell the people to go forward. This morning, that's what I've come to tell you. Here we are, the benefits of starting the Lord's Day. The benefits of starting the Lord's Day in a new year. And I've come to tell you this morning that you in this new year, you have an opportunity to go forward in knowledge. Go forward with an understanding of God and who He is and what He knows about you. Go forward growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how Peter ends the second letter. A letter written to people who were suffering. A letter who was written, that was written to Christians who were enduring persecution in life. And he says the very last thing is grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What's he saying? Go forward. Learn more about God. Know more of Jesus. And your life will be improved. You go forward. You grow. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, he's told them to desire the pure milk of the Word that they may grow thereby. What direction is growth? Forward. Grow. Go forward. Grow in in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Desire the pure milk of the Word. Go forward in your study of God's Word, in your meditation of God's Word, and know that it will stabilize your life. It will improve things the closer you are to God. And finally today, go forward to a better life. Every day you live, every day that I live, I'm one day closer to home. It's just the way it is. That's not morbid thinking. That's just reality. Every day I live, I'm one day closer to home. I want to go forward to a better life. I don't, know, have, a, I don't have a clue. I just don't have a clue what's going to happen to me in 2023. And don't you, by the way, don't you hate the fact that you have to get used to writing 23 now? That's always so hard for me to, to think, you know, now I've got to write a new year. But here we are in 2023. <coughs> I have no idea. None. I don't know if I'll be alive. I just don't know if I'll be alive at the end of 2023. Someday you may look back and think, boy, that guy had no idea. He had no clue. I don't know. I don't know how my health will be at the end of the year. I don't know how the health of my wife will be. I don't know how the health of our children will be. I don't know. There's so many unknowns, aren't there, when you start a new year? There's just so many unknowns. You think about a year ago today, uh, when we were starting 2022, and boy, you just had no idea, did you? You had no idea what was coming for you in that year. You had no idea. Every day, I just want to think about going on to a better life. Moving forward to a better life. No matter what happens, 
I want to be living a better life. That's the direction I want to go. That's just the way I want to think about it. I think about these two verses. I'm going to read them both and then I'll conclude. This is the last slide. This is it. This is all I've got. But I want you to read these verses with me from your copy of God's Word if you have it. I want you to go with me and look at Hebrews chapter 6. And you know about the book of Hebrews. And and you know that this is written to people of God who are thinking about leaving Christ. And they're thinking about going back under Judaism. And you think about the encouragement throughout this letter. The encouragement that is provided for them to, to stay where they are. Don't move. Don't leave Jesus. There's no hope without Christ. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9, the writer says... But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Don't become sluggish. Don't start to go backwards. Go forward. Press on. Inherit the promises that God has given to those who love Him. Go forward to your better life. Go forward to that which God has promised to those who love Him. Go forward. Don't stall out. Don't put it in reverse. Go forward. That's why Paul would say, I know you know these words, but I have to read them. From Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 12, where Paul says, The great apostle, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. What direction is that? That's forward. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. One thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I press forward. What direction will you go? In 2023, will you grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Don't put it in reverse. Don't stall out. Go forward. I don't know what the year holds for you. I have no idea what it holds for me. But what I do know is that we have a promise given to us by God that if we will move forward and remain faithful... There is a promise waiting, a promised land, a land that God has said through Jesus you can inherit, a land that you can go and you can be with God forever and ever and ever. What a fun way to start a new year. I can't think of a better way to start a new year than right here, right now. This is enjoyable, isn't it? This is so great that we get to be together today. But I tell you, it can be better for you if you're a Christian who's wandered away. It can be made better for you if this morning you would come forward. This morning if you would say, I have sinned and I have gone the wrong direction and I am ready today to start afresh 
It's a new year, and I'm ready to be fresh, to be right with God. This morning, if you as a Christian need to respond to the Lord's invitation, it's His. And He says, come, come. Let us pray for you. Let us help you. If you have a need that we can assist you with today, we want to help you any way that we can. But my friend, if you're not a child of God, I just can't think of a better way to start a new year than to be right with God. Today, if you're not a child of God, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a part of God's family, then come forward today to be saved. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Are you ready to make that confession, to repent of sin in your life, to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, to be washed in the blood of Christ? You can begin today as a child of God. If you're ready and you need to respond, the Lord's invitation is extended. Please come while together we stand and while we sing.